0: Hello, welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. We are filming in the fabulous free state of Florida. In fact, if you look over my shoulder, you can see Miami, Florida in the background, the palm trees, the water. Fortunately, you can't see the humidity in here because it's quite warm. Although in the Northeast where I live, it's starting to get kind of fall weather. So not complaining about it down here in Florida. I'm here in Florida for NatCon 3. That's the National Conservatism Conference. This is the second year that I've been here. The third of the total NatCon conferences. It's such a fabulous conference. We're having so much fun here. I did a panel yesterday on ESG. And it was was a spicy panel, I would call it. NatCon, for those wondering, films the panels it's not live stream, so you can't watch it as it happens, unless you are part of the Liz Wheeler Show community, in which case we had our marketing director sit in the audience and live stream it for you. So hopefully, I know the audio is not the best on that, but a little sneak peek. Natcon does record it and will release it in the coming weeks. And when they release it, we will put that on all of our, all, all of our outlets: Rumble, YouTube, locals, Facebook, Twitter. Um anywhere else that we are that I have forgotten the name of. So we'll get that to you. But we talked about, the panel was on ESG, environmental, social, governance, metrics. It's essentially the social credit score that the World Economic Forum has invented as a way of forcing businesses, big businesses, and individual-owned small businesses to comply with a radical leftist ideology. It's actually funny because um, the word conspiracy is often used by the left as an insult. You're a conspiracy theorist, they'll tell us. But ESG is an actual conspiracy, like a real conspiracy. So the panel was Andy Puzder, who was great, Theo Wold, Justin Danhoff, and me. And we talked about different aspects of ESG from investing, how to invest, alternatives to investment firms that base their strategies on ESG versus the return that they should be getting or pursuing for their investors. And I talked about DEI, the social aspect of ESG. The S in ESG is essentially DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I'm excited to get that to you as soon as it is, as soon as it's available. I have been, I have also spent NatCon so far. This is, I think the ninth or the 10th hour that we have been sitting right here in the studio doing interview after interview after interview today The most phenomenal lineup of speakers uh, have been here at NatCon, and we've been able to pull them aside and do lengthy sit downs with some of the greatest thought leaders in the conservative movement. So, first of all, thank you guys for your suggestions of who to interview. I know I asked on locals last week, I sent the list of who was going to be here, and I said, Hey, who do you guys want to hear from? Who do you want me to interview? Thank you for everyone that weighed in. I will tell you, I tallied up who exactly. You uh, are all the names that you asked for, and the person that you requested the most, I did, in fact interview. So drum roll, please, you'll have to uh, wait and see who that is. I also asked some questions. I ask you guys, post some questions for the different people that I'm going to interview, and I asked some of your questions, so you will see that specifically, I ask you for questions um, for Julie Kelly. I sat down with Julie Kelly today, and guys, I would not be surprised if the episode, that will drop shortly with Julie Kelly is the highest rated episode that we have ever done on the Liz Wheeler show, because this interview with Julie Kelly was exactly what you would expect. It was phenomenal. It was brilliant. It was detailed and it's really, really crazy. The correlation and the connection between January 6th, the January 6th committee The Gretchen Whitmer Fed napping and the FBI raid of Mar a Lago. So we get into all the details. I also asked Julie Kelly, I said, okay, Crossfire Hurricane, when the FBI was weaponized against President Trump. We eventually found out, we figured out who was behind this, that it wasn't just Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and Christopher Steele, that those were the operatives, but we found out that it truly was the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC who were the primary instigators of this plot. And I asked Julie, Who is the they behind the weaponization of the FBI against Trump supporters on January 6th, against the Gretchen Whitmer defendants and against President Trump at Mar-a-Lago? So I can't wait for you to hear her detailed explanation of that. I promise, promise, promise that I will drop that soon. I also sat down today with Riley Moore. If Riley Moore is not a name that you recognize, you soon will. Riley Moore is a true hero of the conservative movement. Riley Moore is the treasurer of the state of West Virginia. I know, a random position for someone all of a sudden to be a hero of the movement. Riley Moore is leading the charge against ESG. Because how do you how do you defeat ESG? How do you abolish it? We can all sit here and define it. We can grouch together about how awful it is. But how do you actually defeat it? Riley Moore not only lays out a plan of what other states can do. He's done it. He's doing it in his state. And we talked in depth about that. It's a really super nerdy conversation. One of my favorites from today. So I'm excited to share that with you. I also sat down with Josh Hammer. I told you a lot of interviews today. I sat down with Josh Hammer. He's the opinion editor over at Newsweek. He's a constitutional law attorney. And we talked about big tech because my if, if you're anything like me, your views have evolved on what we should do to address the big tech problem. I used to be more, oh, let the free market take care of it. Competition, just create an alternative to Facebook. My mind was changed by what big tech did to Parler. And I understand that this is much a much more complex issue, a much more serious threat to your free speech and to mine. And therefore, we need a much more complex strategy to undo the damage that big tech has done and continues to do. So Josh Hammer and I dissect this from a legal, a legislative and a political standpoint. And I think we came up with a solution to how to how to solve the big tech problem. So I can't wait to show you that one. I also sat down today with Sean Davis. He is the CEO of the Federalist and perhaps one of the most interesting accounts on Twitter for those of you who follow along with political Twitter. I told Sean, I don't know how he actually has the time to do all the research he does at The Federalist, to write all the articles that he does, and to be on the forefront of every single breaking story on, on Twitter. But he is. I sat down as well with Andy Puzder, who is a, a very interesting man, a very personable man. He's the former CEO of CKE Restaurants. So Carl's Jr., yes, he was the president of that. He's now... He's now fighting against ESG and he's proposed some legislative solutions for that. Conversation with him was really, really interesting. And then this one, some of you are, this might be your favorite one. I spoke with Moms for Liberty. Moms for Liberty has 100,000 members across the country right now. Parents who just aren't having it anymore with the public schools indoctrinating children in critical race theory and trans ideology and trying to separate parents from their children. So, it was not only an invigorating and encouraging conversation that I had with um, with Moms for Liberty. It was also a conversation that will deputize you, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're a parent, whether you're a sibling, whether you're an aunt or an uncle. There's concrete things that you can do to fight back for our nation's children. And that's one of the things I love to do best on the show isn't just to bellyache about the problems, but to clearly identify what the problem is so that we can prescribe a solution. And then we can all feel deputized to make that, make that solution come to fruition. And that, that is the definition of what um, my conversation with Moms for Liberty. So if you haven't already subscribed to my show, please do so. Go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, click that subscribe button, go to YouTube. You can find me at Liz Wheeler Show. Please click the subscribe button, click the bell so that we can notify you whenever we have a new episode or a video or an interview. You don't want to miss any of these. And this is just a drop in the barrel. We have done so many great interviews um, and clearly having a really good time doing it. So what are we going to talk about today? What are we going to talk about in the episode today? The Biden administration has proposed a rule change for Title IX. What is Title IX? What does what was Title IX intended to do originally back in 1972 when it was first implemented? What, How has Title IX changed since then? What is the Biden administration trying to do with these proposed changes? And what will the implications of these changes be on women, on women's sports, on women's locker room, on religious liberty, and on men? We are going to talk about all of that, and we're going to read some of your comments because the outcry from all of you guys standing up and saying, hold on a second. This is bad. We don't want this. The outcry has been truly inspiring. So um, I'm going to bring that into the conversation. Let's get right to it. Okay. Thank goodness for American Hartford Gold. If you're anything like me, then you are growing more and more concerned about the future of our nation. Inflation is at the highest that it's been in 40 years, which is a greater number of years than my lifetime. And interest rates continue to skyrocket. It doesn't look like that's going to stop anytime soon. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO of JP Morgan, not only predicted that this recession that we are in would happen, but used words like unprecedented and economic hurricane That's kind of scary if you think that that might be happening in the future. So if you want to protect your future, I encourage you to do what I did, and that is call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and your retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio into physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have the physical gold and silver shipped right to your door or inside your 401k or IRA they make it super easy. The process is very easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. It's a pretty good deal. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-781-7499. That's 866 781 Seven four nine nine, or if you prefer text messaging, you can text LIZ to 65532. Again, the phone number is 866-781-7499, or you can text the word LIZ to 65532. You'll be glad you did. Okay, so the Biden Department of Education, this is an administrative state thing, guys. The Biden Department of Education has proposed a rule change for Title IX. So let's start with a very basic here. What is Title IX? Title IX was part of the Education Amendments of 1972, and it read very simply, this is a quote from it, no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance, period. So in very simple terms, it prohibited Discrimination based on sex at any school facility or any activity associated with any school. Back in 1972, there were, and I want to talk about this just as it relates to sports for one second. Back in 1972, there were less than 300,000 women that played high school sports across our whole nation 295,000 to be specific. Fast forward to 2022, the number of women who play high school sports is over 3 million. The reason for this, in large part, is Title IX. In college, that number increased from a mere 30,000 female athletes back in 1972 to almost 200,000 female athletes today. The access to these sports at the college level and high school level for women is in large part due to Title IX. Now, the, the Trump administration proposed some changes because Title IX is not just related to sports. It's not just related to bathrooms. The Trump administration proposed some changes because the Obama administration before the Trump administration had twisted the interpretation of sexual harassment or discrimination on the basis of sex and had actually weaponized this against men. So it's almost like the classic feminist trope. Feminists claim to champion equality for women, but really they're man-haters who want to demonize men. Well, that's what the Obama administration did. They said, well, we're going to believe all women. It's like the Me Too movement stuff. We're going to believe all women based only on the accusation. So if a woman accuses a man of wrongdoing on a college campus, to hell with the due process of law for the accused. That person, mostly men, that person is going to enjoy no presumption of innocence until proven guilty. That person will be treated as guilty based on the accusation of the woman because the Obama administration said that protects women. Obvious BS, very dangerous, attacks a bedrock value of our country, which is this presumption of innocence. Then enter the Biden administration, or the Trump administration, excuse me. The Trump administration the education department was headed by Betsy DeVos. And I talked to former Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, just a couple of weeks ago about this very topic. And this is what she said. One of my favorite things that was accomplished at the Department of Education under your tenure was restoring due process to college students who may or may not be falsely accused, but yes. regardless, they deserve the right to due process. That's one of the things you were hit by the left the hardest, but it was one of the things that I thought, this, is, this has far-reaching implications outside of education. This is a bedrock foundation of our country, and you played a huge part in that. Absolutely. Well, and that's threatened now with Mm -hmm. the Biden administration's proposed Title IX rule. And I urge all of your listeners to get out there, uh, opine on this. It's public comment period right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let your voice be heard that we cannot, and we best not, turn back on due process protections for all students. And we're going to get to your comments in a second because Secretary DeVos said opine and comment and oh boy, did you opine? Oh boy, did you comment? I want to read some of the great comments that were left by you on the Federal Register. I broke the record of how many members of the public had left comments on a proposed rule change like this. So congratulations, well done on leaving those comments. But that's what the Trump administration sought to do to protect due process rights. This was a comment from the Trump administration at the time. They said, "'Bureaucracy created in our nation's institutions of higher education have often stacked the deck against the accused, failing to offer protections such as presumption of innocence or adequate ability to rebut allegations.'" That's a very scary thing, right? Imagine facing an accusation that's false or an accusation that's exaggerated, so partially false, and not only not having due process, that just that accusation made you guilty, or if there was some kind of kangaroo court proceeding that you weren't allowed to defend yourself, you weren't allowed the right to cross-examine the person that was accusing you. That's what the Obama administration had implemented. That's what the Trump administration reversed. And now the Biden administration is is flipping it again, but even worse than how the Obama administration had it. So the Biden um, Secretary of Education, his name is Miguel Cardona, says, and I quote, our proposed changes would fully protect students from all forms of sex discrimination, including Or instead of limiting some protections to sexual harassment alone and make clear those protections include discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. This is a huge change. So I want to read the the original Title IX. No person, and I read this a moment ago, I want to read it again. No person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. So the phrase in question is on the basis of sex. The Biden administration is now redefining the word sex to not just mean what sex means, male or female, but to include sexual orientation, And gender identity. To say that this opens up a can of worms would be the understatement of the year. So let's go to some of the public comments. By the way, you guys understood this fully when Biden released this 700 page document. 700 pages. Why would Biden and his Department of Education release a a rule? That's 700 pages long. Well, the answer to that question is very obvious because they didn't want you and I to be able to put a pin in what they were doing. They didn't want us to be able to define the danger of this proposed rule change. But unfortunately for them, we still read it and we still can define it and people are speaking out against it. So let's read some of those comments. But first I want to talk to you about ExpressVPN. I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family safe, my information's safe when I use the internet. And I like to use an analogy when talking about ExpressVPN. If you go online without using ExpressVPN, it's a lot like using the bathroom without closing the door. Yes, gross, but also you just wanna keep your business private. You don't want people peeping on you. You don't want weirdos looking at what you're doing. Likewise, when you use the internet, your internet service provider can look at every website that you have visited. That's creepy, right? Well, what's worse is they can then sell that information about you to big tech, to ad companies and tech giants who use your data a- against you to target you. When you use ExpressVPN, your internet service provider cannot do this anymore. With ExpressVPN, you were Identity is anonymized. Your data is encrypted. They cannot tell what you're doing, what you're visiting, and they certainly can't then sell that data. So you are completely protected when you use ExpressVPN. It also, ExpressVPN is very easy to use. You can use it on all your devices your phone, your laptop, your router, if you want to protect your whole household. I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and our personal information safe when we're online. Secure your online information today. If you use my URL, expressvpn.com slash Liz, then I got a good deal for you. You can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash Liz. r e dot slash Liz. Okay. So the 700-page document that's meant to trick us, because really what they're proposing can be condensed into just a couple of sentences and just a couple of problems. They're redefining sex, not to mean man and woman, but to mean sexual orientation, and gender identity. This is an example of what we talk about all the time, which is when the government, when we allow the government to redefine words, they become the arbiters of truth. Whoever is the arbiter of truth is essentially the dictator. This is the Biden administration's way, one of the ways that they are taking that power away from us, that they are becoming the authoritarians in our country. So whenever there's a proposed rule change like this, there's an allowance for public comment. There's 60 days when this proposed rule change is posted on the Federal Registrar where you and I are allowed to post our comments on it. And in the space of 60 days, 184,000 of you posted comments against this, which I'm very impressed by this number. The previous record was set by liberals who were posting on the Federal Registrar against Betsy DeVos's proposed rule changes to Title IX during the Trump administration. Well, We just upended that record and set a new one at 184,000. So let's read a couple of these. A couple of these, um, you write, and these are anonymous comments, by the way. So when I'm not giving attribution, it's because this is that you have the privacy of comment. This is one of the the comments. Quote, you're using non-discrimination laws in an illegal and unconstitutional way. And if this hits my kid's school, we will file a lawsuit. Comment number one. I actually hope this happens. I hope that parents across the country file lawsuits because this is patently illegal. Second comment, for 50 years, Title IX has provided important protections and opportunities for women by prohibiting discrimination on the basis of sex. While parents across the country are demanding the rejection of woke policies, the Department of Education instead has chosen to hijack Title IX to force gender ideology on children without their parents' knowledge or approval. This proposed rule is a lawless interpretation and is a complete overreach by the Department of Education. I mean, I couldn't say that any better. That's exactly what it is. Someone else says, do not legally force public schools to allow biological men to participate in women's sports and access facilities such as locker rooms and bathrooms. Stop enabling everyone and anyone who denies the science of biology. Humans are born male and female, period. Don't you just love when you can condense Opposition to a 700 page liberal document into one sentence. That's how easily you can, that's how easily and how fragile easily we can debunk this stuff because it's so fragile. It's built on a complete lack of logic. All right, next quote. Let's see. I want to read a couple more of these. The rules should not include gender identity. Title IX should allow should not allow males to enter the girls' bathroom, girls' locker room, or plays on girls' sports teams simply because they identify as female. This one's a good one. I, oppose, I strongly oppose gender sharing in school bathrooms and showers. I strongly oppose biological males participating in female sports. God made two sexes, which are a male and a female. Government has no right to try and force me to think otherwise. You are discriminating against me. There are only two sexes, male and female. That actually might be the best point, is that this isn't just about tolerance. This is not about equality under the law. This is the government trying to use an apparatus, the schooling system. And remember, your children are forced to go to school or you can be charged with truancy. So you don't have a choice whether your children go to a school. It's just sometimes you have a choice of which school you want to send them to if you have the money to send them to a private school. But even private schools sometimes take federal money. So especially, especially colleges and research grants and all of that, that's maybe a separate conversation. But this is the government trying to force their gender ideology on us and on our kids and our religious beliefs or our scientific beliefs be completely damned. We have perhaps an unlikely ally that I, and I want to read you their comment. uh, I call them the unlikely ally because the group is called Gays Against Groomers. So this is a group of gay people who very rightly have identified that what the radical left has done by hijacking the LGBTQIA plus S for Satanists now, as we discussed last week, that this is not just fighting for equal rights for gay people, not at all. This is what gays for groomers says. This is one of the most unique arguments against this Title IX rule change. They write, gays against groomers is a coalition of gay people who oppose the recent trend of indoctrinating, sexualizing, and medicalizing children under the guise of LGBTQIA+. Our community that once preached love and acceptance of others has been hijacked by radical activists who are now pushing extreme concepts onto society, specifically targeting children in recent years. The overwhelming majority of gay people are against what the community has transformed into, and we do not accept the political movement pushing their agenda in our name. Gays Against Groomers directly opposes the sexualization and indoctrination of children. This includes drag queen story hours, drag shows involving children, the transitioning and medicalization of minors, and gender theory being taught in the classroom. The Biden administration's proposed Title IX amendments are anti-gay, and our coalition does not consent to putting this into the law. Well written, right? Well, the part of that that stuck out to me the most is when they say the Biden administration's proposed Title IX amendments are anti-gay. I thought, okay, well, what does that mean, anti-gay? What is that? What do they mean? They go on to say in the proposed Title IX changes, replacing sex with gender means that LGB is conflated with TQIA plus without a proper definition of sex, meaning male and female, the rights which protect heterosexual and homosexual people will no longer mean anything. They write, this completely redefines sexual orientation. Sexual orientation is based on sex and written into law as such. However, when sex is replaced with gender in the law, then sexual orientation is redefined out of existence. Sexual orientation, which is defined in the law as heterosexual, homosexual, and bisexual, are terms which are based on maleness and femaleness. Replacing the notion of male and female with gender identity renders the term sexual orientation meaningless and will remove the rights protected under it. None of the vocabulary is defined in the new Title IX, and this leaves room for anything to be included in it. They conclude by saying, gays against groomers is very thankful that gay people were recently granted legal protection in the workplace. However, the Bostock decision adding gender into our sex-based rights is harmful. Because sexual orientation in Title IX is not defined whatsoever. How can homosexual people be protected in law if the law does not provide a definition of homosexual? So not only does this bill endanger women and girls, maybe render them obsolete, put them in physical danger in locker rooms and in bathrooms where they'll be forced to share facilities with men biological men who identify as women this bi- this this rule change as proposed by the Biden administration department of education is literally anti gay and even the gay people are saying it's anti gay this is quite something and remember schools themselves from public schools to charter schools to universities both public and private that accept money any kind of money from the federal government for any reason they will be f- forced to comply they will be coerced into rejecting the biological definition of man and woman, the biblical definition of man and woman, if they have religious leanings, they will be forced to choose between operating their institution or following fact. The the amount of federal money that schools rely on is so much that without it, they will, many of them will cease to exist. The budget of, of, of many schools is between 6 and 8% of the school's entire budget. So if you lose nearly 10% of the money that you use to operate the school, then you're not going to be able to operate the school the way that you're operating it now. And it's not a matter of simply trimming back. You won't be able to operate your school unless you comply with this radical leftist ideology. This is very dangerous, very dangerous. And there are more reasons that this is dangerous. It's not just discrimination against women. It doesn't just put women in physical danger. It also puts men in danger. It puts a bedrock foundational principle of our country, the presumption of innocence until proven guilty, until and unless proven guilty, at risk. So I want to talk in depth about that. But first, I want to talk to you about Upside. Upside is a new sponsor of our show and one that I am extremely excited to introduce to you from cringing at the pump, which I do every time I fill up the gas tank of my car, to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is really hitting us where it hurts. Maybe particularly for me, it's the grocery store that gets me. It, It really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is this incredible app that I downloaded on my phone. And it's for anyone who buys gas, buys groceries, or dines out. So literally all of us. Um, With every purchase, I'm able to earn cash back thanks to Upside. I love Upside. I know you will too. To get started, all you have to do is download the Upside app. It's free to download. If you use my promo code, Liz5, then you can get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. And how it works is you just claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check in at the business. You pay, as usual, with your credit card or your debit card, and then you get paid for your purchase. If you compare this to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times as as much money, as much cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every single week. You have to try this. It's incredible. That's probably why they have a 4.8-star rating on the App Store. Just download the free Upside app right now. Use promo code Liz5 to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code Liz5. You'll be glad you did. Okay, so a couple of the things that this bill or this proposed rule change does, besides the obvious, besides giving the government authority if you will authority has a has a um, connotation of being legitimate power so we'll use the word power because it is not a it's not legitimate it's not authority it's just power besides giving the government power to redefine terms which makes them the arbiter of truth which makes them authoritarian besides endangering women physically by forcing schools to allow biological men in women's locker rooms and in women's bathrooms which this bill would do this also endangers women in girls sports that this is something that that hits very close to home for me. I was a competitive swimmer for many years. My sister right now is a collegiate, and NCAA basketball player. The idea that women's sports, I hope that my daughter plays sports growing up. It was such a big part of my life. It was so formative. And my character, who I am, was shaped by the sports that I played growing up. And women's sports could be rendered completely obsolete. I'm not gonna let my daughter play soccer, for example, if there are big brutes Big dudes out there that are going to physically harm her, let alone the fact that maybe her opportunity in swimming to win or to qualify will be stolen from her from by a guy who claims to be a girl, like Leah Thomas, right? This isn't hypothetical. This is actually happening. So it forces schools and universities to allow men who identify as women on women's sports team. It also, this is, this is one of the scariest parts. It also requires schools to accept The gender identity of their students, even if the parents are opposed to that gender identity. So, say you have a little girl, she's 12 years old. She maybe got on TikTok, maybe got on YouTube, kids. She's been indoctrinated with queer theory in the public schools. You weren't aware of this until you started noticing some changes in her behavior. You maybe heard through the grapevine that she's identifying as a boy at school. She's cut her hair, she wants to be called different pronouns. And you say to her, honey, no, listen, I know you're confused. I love you. You're perfect the way you are. We're going to get you help. And she maybe agrees at home, but then you find out at school that she's been in therapy for a couple months, that her teachers are referring to her as he and him, and a boy's name that she's chosen. And you tell the school, do not do this. Do not indulge this delusion. I, as the parent, am going to make the decisions about my child's social, emotional, and physical welfare. The school doesn't have to comply with you. The school can reject your request and your demand. The school can call your child by a male name and use male pronouns and facilitate a social transition for your child, even if you oppose it. This rule change in the Department of Education in the Biden administration forces schools to do that. This rule change also defines harassment, sexual harassment, so broadly that it very possibly and very realistically could include a, if you decline to use someone's chosen pronouns, that could be defined as discrimination or harassment on the basis of sex when sex includes sexual orientation and gender identity. So all of a sudden, if you refuse to use someone's preferred pronouns, you could be committing a Title IX violation. This is really scary stuff. This is what the Biden administration... We, we talked about the same thing with the gay marriage bill last week, right? This is what the Biden administration does. They take an issue. Last week, it was gay marriage. And in that gay marriage bill, they hid religious persecution. This week, they're doing the same thing. They're taking the idea of protecting women from discrimination in educational institutions, and they're hiding all of this poison, all of this discrimination under the guise of something that... We all otherwise would support. It's really terrible stuff. It also harms men. It doesn't just harm women. On college campuses, especially in the era of Me Too, there are men who commit wrongdoing, wrongdoings. And women rightly accuse them of those wrongdoings and want them to be held accountable under the rules of the universities and under the law. But there are also men who are accused of wrongdoing who did not commit that wrongdoing, they are falsely accused or the accusation is exaggerated from reality. The purpose of our legal process is to discern whether an allegation is accurate or inaccurate, whether it's true or false, whether that person is guilty or found not guilty. But what the Biden administration's Department of Justice has done has degraded this presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And our legal system, where you are allowed, you have a right to an advocate, and they've reversed what Trump did And re-implemented something terrible that Obama had implemented, which is a single investigator model on campus. That means that the person that hears the allegation—if a girl student makes an allegation against a boy on campus—makes that allegation to a school administrator. That administrator, maybe the Title IX coordinator, is not only the investigator to see if this is warranted, to see if this is true. They're the investigator, the prosecutor, the judge, and the jury. One person. Does that sound fair to you? Does that sound like justice? Well, of course not. All it would take is one biased coordinator, one biased investigator, and that boy's life is ruined. It doesn't matter. if It doesn't matter in this case if some of the people who are accused are guilty. They are still entitled to due process under the law. Some of these students who are accused under the new rule proposed by the Biden administration wouldn't be allowed to cross-examine the person who is questioning them. Can you imagine being taken to trial or a kangaroo court trial and not being able to challenge the assertions made against you? It's even worse than that. This single investigator who is the investigator, prosecutor, judge, and jury can deny the student who is accused of being able to see the evidence that the university has collected against him on the sole discretion of this Title IX coordinator. I can't, why would anyone send their son to school if a false allegation could result in this? This is not protection for women. This does not codify a prohibition on discrimination on the basis of sex. This is discrimination against men. This is actively harmful for women. This is a degradation of our entire justice system, of justice itself. If a teacher is accused, by the way, how that teacher is treated is based on whether the teacher is a member of the teacher's union. If a teacher is a member of the teacher's union, then the standard for whether that teacher is considered guilty is just preponderance of or is, is, is um, clear and convincing evidence. But if that teacher is not a member of a teacher's union, then the standard for whether that teacher can be found guilty is preponderance of evidence. So, preponderance of evidence means does this allegation have a higher likelihood of being true than of being false. But clear and convincing evidence would be proof beyond a reasonable doubt. So the standards are literally different depending on whether you are a member of a teacher's union or not. That is fundamentally unfair, fundamentally unfair. But this is what the Biden administration is doing. Again, this is the same thing that we talked about last week in the episode about gay marriage, which if you haven't listened to, I encourage you to listen to. I know it's an uncomfortable topic to talk about. A lot of Republicans in elected office won't talk about it. A lot of conservative pundits don't want to. They're accused of being called homophobic. They, they Maybe they're libertarian on gay issues. The gay marriage, Schumer's gay marriage bill, which is coming up before the Senate, is not about equality under the law for people with same-sex attraction. Just like the gay marriage bill the Biden administration's proposed rule change on Title IX is not about protecting people against discrimination on the basis of sex. This, is, this will force radical leftist ideology on, it, on us. It damages women. It puts them in physical harm's way. It also renders biological women obsolete, ruins women's sports. It breaks up families by violating parental rights over their children. It degrades due process for men. Tell your elected official I do not want this. Put pressure on the Biden administration to reject this. If your voice is loud enough, I promise it will make a difference. Also, I'm going on the road with the Young America's Foundation. Our first stop is DeSales University in Pennsylvania. I'm very excited for this. It's next Wednesday, September 21st. If you are in the area, this is an open event. It's not just for college students. So I invite you to come on over, join us at this event if you are not in the area, you can watch it live streaming. You can go to YAF's YouTube channel, it is youtube.com/slash YAF TV. Um, I'd be very excited if you would join us. It's going to be a very fun time. If you haven't already requested me to come to your college campus, I still have a couple of spots left. So go to yaf.org Liz and apply to bring me to your school in the next couple of weeks. Over on Locals, we're going to talk about Harry Styles, former One Direction musician, now movie star, apparently. He's been accused of queer baiting. What the heck is queer baiting, And why is it the funniest thing that the left has brought to the conversation in the last five years? We're going to talk about that. Don't miss it. LizWheelerShow.com slash locals. If you use my promo code ACCESS, then you can watch for free for the first month of your annual subscription. That is LizWheelerShow.com slash locals. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.